And uh, if you didn't catch it, you know, I, what, one of the things that I really love ab- about my brother Josh when he leads is that um, he's just really um, himself, you know. And, he, and if you know Josh, he, he has such a tender heart, a genuine heart. And, and so even last night as we're practicing, you know, I expect it. I'm just waiting for that moment. Um, when the practice, he's got to stop because he's just crying because he's like, God, you're so good. I'm sorry. What am I doing here? You know, and I, I love it because it just reminds me of, of how we need to continue to come before our Lord, our Abba Father, and just thank you, God. Thank you. Thank you for, for how much you love me. And, th- and that's my prayer today. Um, you know, this morning, would you pray with me as I as I open up, and, and I'm going to continue in that vein, that, that Lord, I, I pray that you would give me a new heart. God, give me a new heart. Lord, I pray that you would give me a heart that is strong but tender, a heart that is full of grace and mercy. Jesus, make me more like you. Lord, as we look into your word, We pray that you would speak to our hearts. Lord, that you would convince our minds and that you would move in us. That we would walk more and more closely to you. And God, as always, it's our prayer that 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 would cause just an overflow into the lives of others. that, That everyone around us would be blessed because of what you're doing in us. That's how it should be. We thank you, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. Well, this morning, as we are continuing in our, our series of Luke, uh, you know, we are going through this book this whole year. And um, you know, last week, Pastor Toby, he taught us about Zacchaeus, the tax collector. And you, you remember, uh, Zacchaeus was, uh, he was found by Jesus, right? He was up in the tree, and he was found by Jesus And Jesus actually said, he said powerfully, he said he came to seek and save the lost. Toby also told us that um, that about this king, right? About this king who left his servants, he gave them these this different uh, amounts of money. You know, he said, hey, this is for you to, to take care of while I'm gone, you know, and and we also will be held accountable for for how we used and invested what God has given us, that we need to pay attention to that, right? In last week's passage, we, we read about Jesus passing through Jericho, and he was on his way to Jerusalem. And today, we get to see Jesus making that, that entry into the city of Jerusalem. We find King Jesus entering into the holy city. Now, in Luke's gospel, as we read this, uh, you won't hear mention of palm branches or palm anything, but this is that same passage that's often read and maybe studied on Palm Sunday uh, because this is when they lay down the palm fronds for Jesus to come through. This is also referred to as a triumphant entry. It's the grand entry of the king into the city. But I don't know if you ever noticed, it's really not that grand. (laughs) It's very humble, very different 
very upside down from anything that, that we might expect. You know, and that's one of the things I, I hope that we note today is how upside down some of these things are, how different Jesus is. One of the things that, like Josh mentioned, you know, that, that we need to be free from fear. And one of the huge things that we wrestle with is the fear of men, right? We worry about what other people are going to think. We worry about how other people will see us, how other people will treat us, how we're supposed to be, right? But Jesus was not worried about those things. He was concerned about what God the Father would think of him. He was concerned about following his Father God. And that's what I, I really feel that God desires for us, to be like Jesus, different from the world, humble, loving, our hearts set on the most important things. And so Jesus, he heads into the city. He sends two of his disciples to go ahead and secure him a ride, right? And he tells them exactly what to do. So we read that together in verse 30 and 34. Why don't we say it all together? It says, Go to the village ahead of you, and as you enter it, you will find a colt tied there, which no one has ever ridden. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks you, why are you untying it? Say, the Lord needs it. Those who were sent ahead went and found it, just as he has told them. As they were untying the colt, its owners asked them, why are you untying the colt? They replied, the Lord needs it. Actually, I'll, I'll, John, can you turn on the AT? Turn the uh, monitor off. I think that's what the echoing is. All right. <laughs> so many things in God's kingdom seem opposite of what we expect. And this is definitely one of those examples, right? So let me help you understand how crazy this is. And I know, I already know, because that's where my mind goes, is that many of you were drawn to this fact about him telling his disciples to go someplace and to find this colt tied up and to just basically steal, I mean, borrow it, right? Like just take somebody's ride, basically, borrow it. And when they ask, you know, what are you doing? Then say, the Lord needs it. I mean, if someone came to my house and they tried to borrow my new car and I was like, hey, hey, what are you doing? And they're like, the Lord needs it. I wouldn't be like, oh, yeah. I'd be like, no, you know, the Lord needs it. You're about to meet the Lord, right? Like that's that it, it wouldn't be like, oh, OK, the Lord needs it. All right, cool. Right. You know, a lot of scholars think, like, you know, probably it was the house of another believer. But I tell you, like, just like I said, I don't think it would make a difference. Right. Um, but that's not even the crazy part of the story. Any king entering into a city Right? He has specific needs and requirements. He had to show how important he is, and he also has to have the proper safety precautions. Right, He needs his security. Um, now I, I spoke in the Japanese service this morning, so this example may kind of uh, make more sense to them. But uh, Emperor Naruhito, you can show the first picture of the car. You know, When he goes around, he has this custom custom-made Toyota Century, okay? Beautiful car, right? This is, this is not something you can buy. This is custom-made for him, right? So next picture. And so as you expect, like when he goes around, you know, it's a big deal, right? Even when they try to go like low profile, you know, there will be a bunch of cars security around him, right? 
Now, our president, our President Trump, he will travel in his custom Cadillac, uh, Cadillac that's nicknamed the Beast. And the Beast is so secure it can withstand a rocket attack. Has its own oxygen sense, uh, system. You know, if there's chemical stuff going on, it's okay. Uh, you, you maybe I don't know. You can read it, but like the door is armor plated, eight inches thick. The weight of the cabin door on a Boeing, it's the same weight as uh, the cabin door on a Boeing 757. Okay, and, and when it's closed, it's 100% sealed. So you can, you know, they can be wherever and they can survive for a certain number of hours. There's oxygen, there's, you know, like guns in the doors. There's just, it's just crazy, right? Something said it's like the most secure mode of transportation that there is, right? So next photo. And you can see, like, uh, you know, when he goes somewhere, you know that it's him, right? And, I, and if there's, you can look on YouTube and find the videos of, like, when he goes to visit the U.K., when he goes, I mean, they fly these cars, okay? There's, like, a fleet of them in a huge jet, and they fly them to the other countries. Um, these are the kinds of special cars, you know, followed by all those security guards that, that you know, are normal for the most important leaders, right? But what about Jesus? God come to earth, the eternal king of the universe. You know, in my mind, it's kind of similar, like what he told his disciples to do. It's kind of similar to if he told his disciples, you know what, go, um, go down the street to this one place, and, and on the corner of this and this, you're going to find a brand new, never been used, Toyota Prius. You can go to that, the next photo, help you. Or, or maybe, do I have another one? One more. That's a, that's a colt and donkey. The next one, the Prius. Is that there? No, I failed you. Okay, well, well go to the donkey photo, okay? Because that's a, that's a donkey and that's a colt. Right? That's, that's the male. It's a young male donkey. Right? And that's kind of what it was. It was like instead of having this grand, like the beast or the emperor's, you know, custom Toyota Century, it's like, you know, give me that Prius. Like, new one. All right? It's like, oh, Jesus, a new one. All right. Uh, we'll, we'll get that new one. Right? But you can imagine, like, how ridiculous that sounds. Right? If you saw someone driving down the street in a Prius waving his hands and people like, oh, the king is here, you'd be like, what is wrong, right? What is going on, right? And I imagine that donkey, this, this colt is small, right? I mean, people argue about this stuff like, oh, maybe he didn't really ride on the colt because maybe he was too heavy for it. That'd be kind of cruelty to animals, you know, this, I don't, I don't know, but it says he rode on the colt. And so, like, if you ever seen it, it's almost comedic in my mind, like, I can picture... I don't know how tall Jesus was, but maybe his feet were almost touching the ground. And he was on this little thing. You know, it just seems crazy, right? It's ridiculous. Verse 35 says, They brought it to Jesus, threw their cloaks on the colt, and put Jesus on it. As he went along, people spread their cloaks on the ground. And when he came near the place where the road goes down, the Mount of Olives, a whole crowd of disciples began to joyfully to praise God in a loud voice over all the miracles they had seen saying, Blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven, glory in the highest. 
This is the part where, where Matthew's gospel, for example, talks about the people putting down those palm branches, right? It's like they roll out the red carpet, but it's not red carpet. It's their clothes and, and these palms, and, and you picture Jesus coming down the road, and like I said, people are just praising him, saying, Hosanna. Right? That's what the gospel, other gospels say. They say, Hosanna, Hosanna, saying, save us. Like, God, save us. Yes, you come to free us. Save us. They're saying, blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Right? They're saying, this is the one we've been waiting for. Praise God, our Savior is here. And it's Jesus riding down the street in the Prius. And you're thinking, who are these crazy people? Right? This is in Jerusalem, the holy city, an important city that was under Roman rule. And you can imagine that if anyone opposed the Romans, they'd be taken care of very swiftly and quickly punished. And I think this is why the Pharisees, the religious leaders, were worried about this ridiculous sight of Jesus coming in and people praising him. And so in verse 39, some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to Jesus, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. I think they saw this sight and they were scared. But in verse 40, Jesus says, I tell you, he replied, if they keep quiet, the stones will cry out. He doesn't deny that he is king. He basically says, yes, they're right. They're right. It's true. And nothing can keep that truth from being proclaimed. That if they are quiet, even those stones will cry out. Verse 41 says, as he approached Jerusalem and saw the city, he wept over it. And he said, if you, even you, had only known on this day what would bring you peace. But now it is hidden from your eyes. The days will come upon you when your enemies will build an embankment against you and encircle you and hem you in on each side, on every side. They will dash you to the ground, you and the children within your walls. They will not leave one stone on another because you did not recognize the time of God's coming to you. And Jesus knows. He knows that although the people praise him today, they will sentence him to death within the week. They will reject him, and soon they will be met with destruction. Right? This, the Romans will totally destroy the city, and they'll be scattered. Jesus is a king but not like other kings. He's not what the people expect. They want a mighty king who will set them free from Roman rule, place them in a position of wealth and power. They want a king like other great kings. But Jesus is not like other kings. He's the king of kings. And the king of kings came to seek and save the lost. And that's my main thought for today is, is like Jesus, as he came upon the city and he wept. My main thought is, how tender is your heart? How tender is your heart? Now, Jesus, we said he's not concerned. He doesn't have that fear of man. He's only focused on what is my father God telling me to do? What can I do to please him? What am I supposed to be doing, right? And because of that, sometimes what he does, it seems so odd. 
because it's not what's normal. Instead of entering the city on a war horse with chariots, with tons of guards, and you know, he's riding on this colt of a donkey. And as he enters, as he overlooks the city and, and goes down to it, he cries. The city that will reject him, the people that he cares for, that he teaches, he heals, he loves, and yet they reject him. They sentence him to death. Death on a cross even. Still, he looks upon the city, he looks upon them, and he weeps. Now, this book of Luke, it was originally written in Greek, and and there's a couple different words that we see uh, that are used for crying or weeping. Right? And one of them is this uh, dakruo, which means to shed tears. Like when your eyes water, maybe uh, you know, some tears come down your cheeks. For some reason, I don't know why this is probably not even relevant to today, but how many of you love the movie Forrest Gump? You know, and, and, and I thought of that, you know, like some scene when he's like, Jenny, I love you. And she's like, get out of here, Forrest. You know, it's just like you're crying. You're like, why? What's wrong with you? You know, it's like that's like that duck rule. It's like this little like, oh, man. Right. You're just like, ah. But there's another word. It's, it's this word, Clio. And this word describes a violent, audible, uncontrolled weeping. Right? <coughs> And Luke, Luke says that as Jesus looked down on the city of Jerusalem, he cried. He had every right, every reason to look down on the city in anger, right? To look down on the city and think, you are going to be destroyed. You're so blind. You had hundreds of years to prepare for my coming. And now I'm here and you don't recognize me. You're going to get what you deserve. You know, I have to be honest, it's, it's hard for me to sometimes be like our Lord. Right? As, a, as a man in America, I've grown up and, and been told, you know, what does it mean to be strong, to be manly, right? How should you be to be tough, right? That's what the world expects. You know, when my kids, they, they, they run around um, in the house, you know, and I, t- I might tell them, hey, stop running. Cut it out. When one of them, you know, maybe slips and falls, starts crying, you know, I'll be honest. My response is, is more like, I told you. Why didn't you listen to me? Of course it hurts. You got socks on. It's a wood floor. Like, yeah, come on, right? But our Lord, he, he looks upon them and he cliles. Because he loves them, he hurts for them. He doesn't show them what is right. He doesn't show them just that, hey, I told you I was right. But he wants them to be all right. He wants to make sure that they're okay. And when my kids don't listen, they fall. It's hard for me, to, honestly, it's hard for me to say, oh, no, are you okay? Where are you hurt? Because I warned them that this was going to happen. But I imagine Lord Jesus, I imagine him bending down, asking, are you okay? Can I help you get up? 
Jesus said he came to seek and save the lost. So I want you to think, you know, when was the last time that you, Clio? Sometimes it's hard to, to let ourselves respond with emotion. And then when was the last time that you, Clio, for someone else? Maybe some of you have never cried for someone else's pain. When you hear something you know, bad happens to somebody, maybe it's somebody that you know. Forgive me, this is the excuse that I, that I thought of, but you know, maybe you hear someone is getting a divorce. Do you think, oh, I'm not surprised. Uh, you know, they're kind of crazy. You know, I've seen them. You know. Or do you think, man, that's terrible. I can't believe that's happening. How can we pray for them? How can we support them? You know? When you hear, oh, this person crashed into another, do you think, oh, well, they're always on their phone. They don't pay attention. Or do you just think, oh, I hope they're okay, right? A big challenge for, for myself, for maybe many of you, is that when we hear about other people or something went wrong, maybe it's in politics, maybe it's in the news, maybe it's in leadership, maybe it's in whatever, is to automatically think, well, why? Why is that person in a situation, right? Why did that happen to them? Why did they get in that space? But I think God is calling us to be people that are not worried so much about the why, but you know, how can we help? How can we love? How can we reach out and lift people up? And I believe he's calling us to be people that have a tender heart, that are sensitive to the needs of others, slow to judge, quick to help. You know, and that's one of the things that, that our Lord did, right? He didn't just cry for them. He died for them on a cross so that there could be restoration, so that there could be healing, so that the lost could be found. It's not just about feeling that empathy, but it's like, what can we do about it? What are you calling us, moving us to do, Lord? You know, two weeks before, my dad died, and uh, he passed away in 2004, and a couple weeks before he, he died, you know, we had this, this nice deck outside, and, and sometimes he would spend time just sitting out there reading, and, um, you know, I'll never forget, he was out there just kind of, uh, I guess kind of just uh, having a moment to himself. And then my mom came and said, hey, you know, he wants to talk to you guys one by one. Uh, you know, bring some paper. This is kind of his final words to you as his, you know, he was worsening and unable to, it was hard to speak, right? And so he told me a handful of things. One of the things that, you know, that I wrote down um, and remember is uh, he told me, and to me, it seemed kind of odd, but he said, you know what, Philip, tenderness is one of your strengths. And he said, if you can use your tender strength, you'll do great things for God's kingdom. You know, today, I hope that I can lean more into my tender strength because it's not always there. That tender part sometimes is missing, and I just think, I need to be strong you know, but that tenderness that precedes it. What does that look like? You know, I, I think that's what Jesus models for us. In all his power, in all his strength, his heart is tender. 
is quickly moved by love. You know, I pray that, that you also would have tender strength. That God would, would use your care for others to bring change to their life. And that change would bring them closer to God. That you would have a heart like Jesus that weeps over the ones that he, that he loves, that he weeps over. So here's our weekly challenge. You know, it's a little hard to see. I, I um, apologize for that. Um, but you can take a picture. I will send you an email on uh, Monday or Tuesday with the same thing. Um, if you're not on our email list, uh, fill out a connection card. There's one in the seat in front of you. Uh, I'll add you to the list. We only do like a couple emails a week. But one of them is, uh, you know, what is our weekly challenge to remind you? Hey, this is what, what we're committing to as a church. Like, how can we grow in the Lord throughout this week? How did this passage this morning really sink in with us, right? So read the, read the scripture again. What stands out to you about this? Um, how do you see Jesus' model love? The grow piece is take time to think about how you respond to others who are hurting. Do you have compassion on them? Do you try to help them? Or do you just think why they're in this situation, right? Why have they found themselves in that place? This week, for the overflow, when you see someone hurting, pray and ask God how you might help them. Maybe all you can do is lift them up in prayer, but maybe God will show you a way that you can make a difference in their situation. Okay, I'm going to invite the team. You guys come back up. Let's pray. Lord God, I thank you again for your word. Um, just how amazing it is to me that um, with one passage, whether we've read it, you know, for the first time this morning or we've read it hundreds of times before, Lord, you can speak to our heart in, in new ways and, and you can move us, um, you know, right where we are, that, that you know what we need to be um, giving up, what we need to be surrendering to you. That whether that's the fear of what people will think, whether that's fear that, that you will actually provide for us, whether that's fear that uh, you know, maybe one of our loved ones will be all right, whatever those fears are, Lord, I believe you're calling us to, to trust you, to trade in that fear for trust. And so, Lord, this morning, I, I hope that, that we would be able to see that that you, you are worthy. That you are worthy. You're worthy of our trust. You're worthy of our love. You are so good. So God, we thank you. We praise your name. We ask that you would fill us with your presence, that you would just overflow us with joy that it would be so easy for us to have tender hearts, to have tender strength towards others. Lord, I pray that you would transform our lives, that you would move in our families, that you would change our hearts, Lord God. You would change our hearts, be more and more like you. And we thank you, God. We thank you, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen.
Why don't you guys stand up? Let's let's praise the Lord together one last time. How great the chasm that lay between us. How high the mountain I could not climb. In desperation, I turned to heaven and spoke your name into the night then through the darkness your loving kindness tore through the shadows of my soul the work is finished the end is written Jesus Christ my living Your bed.